back. If you're looking for news on the topic, one of the, probably the best people to get reaction on when it comes to Taiwan and that whole situation is a guy by the name of Mike Pompeo. Now, the former Secretary of State, of course, is one of the probably most sanctioned individuals by China and uh, probably Russia as well, uh, because you know um, he's just that kind of guy. <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, Mike Pompeo just just talking about this whole thing and uh, what exactly it was uh, it was all about. Now, uh, you know, th- there has to be a reality that what Pompeo was saying, and that is that the problem with what's happening with China is not something that's happening outside. Um, you know, the United States. It is something that is happening, as you said on Fox and Friends the other day. Uh, something that's happening inside the gates. Now, what does that mean? That means that the threat is internal, and something that many in the United States kind of understand. I mean, when you have uh, a son of a president selling paintings to uh, diplomats and other officials to be able to gain access through his uh, stepmother, uh, you got real problems going on. Let's listen to Mike Pompeo and what. He had to say uh, just just a few days ago on this entire situation with China, which is probably why they raided the Trump residence because they're just so scared in DC that they may have caused a war and don't know what to do, and they can only build up more support for Donald Trump. I think she said it, but let's see how does it sound when she does say the status quo. Is what our policy is. There is nothing disruptive about that. It was only about saying China is one of the freest societies in the world, don't they? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> freest societies. Uh, I think she's forgotten about mass killings, uh, the current genocide happening there with the Uyghurs and some of the other groups, as well as, for example, the possibility that China is just trying to. Start World War Three by creating conditions wherein their military will specifically target the United States, in particular Pelosi State. But she doesn't care. She lives out in Napa. Uh, she's got her two refrigerators probably running on battery backups just in case she needs more ice cream. Uh, she's just out of it. In fact, the Pelosi's are one of the reasons why there's practically zero U.S. military presence in the San Francisco Bay Area. In fact, they've helped it specifically to shut down every military facility that is in the San Francisco Bay Area. If you look around, at one time, the, the San Francisco Bay Area had some of the uh, most extensive military presence uh, in the nation. Uh, with uh, you know the Presidio, which was uh, basically the Western Pentagon, and then you had all these other uh, facilities all along the, the West Coast for for defense. You know, uh, there were all of these uh, uh, areas where missile defense could be immediately set up and be able to protect the city of San Francisco and and the, and, and the millions of people who live in the Bay Area and Silicon Valley. But what they did was they shut it down. One of the most weirdest ones they shut down was Moffett Field and the JPL facilities that were there. You know, this is the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. The, 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 these were areas that, for whatever reason, on the planet they chose to do it. Right now, 
the entire Chinese Navy could probably sail into San Francisco Bay and not fear any possible、uh, retribution immediately, because the nearest U.S. naval presence is either in Seattle, way up there, or down in San Diego. Yeah, that's Nancy Pelosi, because you know, in her mind, China is is just as Wonderful free country. Let's, let's listen to her again. This is Pelosi, you know, after getting that award for being such a brave lady to fly in at midnight into Taiwan. This is what she's now saying about China because probably her daughter and son's real estate projects, Paul Pelosi Jr. and whatever the daughter's name is, daughter or is that another son? I can never tell when you look at her. You kind of think maybe she's trying to be a linebacker. He's our stadium. We still support the One China policy. We go there to acknowledge the status quo. Status quo. Only that, unfortunately, she has seen the status quo upset rather rudely. You know how bad is the situation there? Well, you know the BBC takes a look at it somewhat differently. Obviously, the BBC being British, and actually the British hate anything the Americans do. I mean, they have this kind of looking down attitude at everyone in the world. And、uh, you know, whatever Pelosi does,、uh, or whatever any American does, the British still think they have an empire, and that's just the way they are. It's、uh, kind of like people in denial, you know.、Uh, but then again, you have a democracy that claims its head of state is a queen, and try and figure that one out. Be irresponsible because it has upset the apple cart. There is a kind of strategic ambiguity over Taiwan where apple cart. There is a kind of strategic ambiguity over time because it has upset the apple cart. There is yeah, that's that's basically what they said. It upset the apple cart. You know, it's 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 upset the apple cart. Do they even grow apples there? Don't know. The kind of strategic ambiguity over Taiwan, where the U.S. officially says that it it abides by the One China policy. In other words, that there is only one Chinese government, and that's in Beijing. But the U.S. also. Promises to defend Taiwan if it's attacked, and the one thing China, the red line for China, is if Taiwan declares independence. It hasn't done that, although it's a democratically elected government. It has its own three hundred thousand strong army. But the visit of such a high-level visitor from the U.S. has really provoked the Chinese, and I think it has. It's basically brought matters to a bit of a head, and this isn't going to, in the long run, I think, do Taiwan any favors. So、okay. Well, that was、uh, Frank Marty or whatever his name was.、Uh, you know, a, a British analyst looking at the situation in Taiwan, and、uh, obviously. Okay, that was、uh, Frank Marty, the、uh, British analyst of the BBC, looking at the situation in Taiwan,、uh, uh, reporting from China.、It、kind of tells you where his minds are buttered. But、uh, yeah, pretty much that's how the Brits look at this whole thing. You know, it's wherever、uh, they can, they can, you know, get that sticky wicket up there. What it was, it.、Uh, anyhow, going back. If you're looking for news on the topic, one of the, probably the best people to get reaction on when it comes to Taiwan and that whole situation is a guy by the name of Mike Pompeo. Now, the former Secretary of State. Course is one of the probably most sanctioned individuals by China and、uh, probably Russia as well,、uh, because you know、um, 
So he's just that kind of guy. You know? Uh, you know, Mike Pompeo just just talking about this whole thing and uh, what exactly it was uh, it was all about. Now, uh, you know, th- there has to be a reality that what Pompeo was saying, and that is that the problem with what's happening with China is not something that's happening outside. Um, you know, the United States. It is something that is happening, as you said on Fox and Friends the other day. Uh, something that's happening inside the gates. Now, what does that mean? That means that the threat is internal, and something that many in the United States kind of understand. I mean, when you have uh, a son of a president selling paintings to uh, diplomats and other officials to be able to gain access through his uh, stepmother. Uh, you got real problems going on. Let's listen to Mike Pompeo and what he had to say uh, just just a few days ago on this entire situation with China, which is probably why they raided the Trump presidents because they're just so scared in DC that they may have caused a war and don't know what to do. And they can only build up more support for Donald Trump. I think that's exactly right. It has been bipartisan. Uh, the challenge from the Chinese Communist Party isn't Republican or Democrat. It's a challenge to the United States of America. Uh, when you hear the Chinese response to something, we ought to just take a step back, right? When you hear the Chinese response to the fact that we just had a, a Speaker of the House travel to a country, all she did was hold some meetings. We didn't land the 82nd Airborne in the western part of China. We didn't launch an attack. We just sent a delegation to another independent sovereign nation. To, to see this response from the Chinese Communist Party, I think, tells you all you need to know about what America needs to do. And I, I wish President Biden, he may be the, most, the, the only senior official who's really opposed to Pelosi having traveled to Taiwan from America. What President Biden needs to do is take seriously this threat. It's a threat that's inside the gates here at home. They're uh, stealing stuff from us here inside the United States. They foisted a virus on us. They killed over a million Americans. The Chinese Communist Party is a significant threat. I think what happened over these last 48 hours with respect to Pelosi's trip is just a, a symptom of the challenge that's in front of us. Senator Kennedy had it right. We need to confront the Chinese Communist Party in a serious way. And when we do, we'll deter them from the kinds of aggression that they've been tweeting about and talking about and railing and, frankly, just kind of whining in a childish manner about these last days. So you can imagine half a dozen things that we might do. Uh, some simple things could have been done. We could have, in the conversation that the president had with him, I think it was last Thursday, we could have made very clear to him that we weren't just going to play defense. We weren't going to sit back and just listen to their rhetoric and do nothing. We could have said, if you continue down this path or you conduct live fire exercise, uh, we're going to begin to take real action, economic action, diplomatic action. Uh, we could deny their diplomats here in the United States the ability to travel around our country in the way they do. There are lots of things we could do to make clear to them that, that this kind of behavior is just unacceptable. We, we, we just all we did was have a legislator travel. This wasn't, uh, there was no threat to China itself. Uh, they created this crisis. We should not let them, we should let them use the visit of Speaker Pelosi to, to create this big uproar where America says, oh my goodness, we're going to have World War III. The Chinese need to begin, they want to be a superpower. They need to begin by like a more normal nation. We could challenge student visas here in the United States. There are so many things that we could do to deter the things that we did for four years. We were the first administration that actually understood the threat from the Chinese Communist Party and began to reshape that relationship in a way that benefited Americans all across our country. Mr. Secretary, what do you what do you make? What's your read of what's happening within the Democratic Party? There is a divide. The message is not consistent between the White House and Speaker Pelosi. So what's going on? 
Boy, it's hard to know. I will say that the confrontation against the Chinese Communist Party has been relatively bipartisan, but President Biden hasn't taken the actions that need to be taken. His rhetoric, their stated strategy has been okay, but the things that the Chinese Communist Party really understands, power, transparency, truth, calling them out when they behave in a way that's just inconsistent, right? To, to, go, to go to the ramparts over a congressional visit is just silly. Uh, President Biden and his team need to be serious about confronting them. If they do that, uh, the Chinese Communist Party will begin to be reshaped. This will take years. This is not something that happened over weeks or days. There are parts of the Democrat Party that don't want to do that. They are making an awful lot of money there from Hollywood and from some of America's biggest businesses that have supported Democrats for an mm -hmm. awfully long time. So they have a, a real challenge that they need to confront. And most importantly, America has a real challenge that it's going to need to take on as well. Former director of national intelligence, former uh, secretary of state, former uh, well, actually director of CIA, not director of national intelligence, former director of CIA, former uh, uh, secretary of state of the Trump administration, uh, Mike Pompeo, and you, know, you got to remember this guy also was an elected member of Congress, so he does have a mandate when he speaks, um, and of course, likely he's seen as a very strong contender for uh, being vice president under Donald Trump. Uh, that is one thing that some people are saying. Some people are saying maybe running for president if President Trump decides not to run. All depends on a lot of factors now that we're seeing here. But of course, uh, Mike Pompeo, uh, there with that, those comments. We're going to go now to a guy they call the one. Uh, what is it? <laughs> you know, the great one. Uh, Mark Levin, who has a radio show that I listen to every, every day, practically. And he has some observations on China as well. Here's Mark Levin talking about China in Africa. What else? China's relentlessly trying to peel away Japan's resolve on disputed islands. They're making claims to these Japanese islands. Uh, and they're already trying to settle them. In the East China Sea, South China Sea, U.S. warns China against attack on the Philippines forces. It's making claims to navigable waters and islands off the Philippines. I mean, the Philippines is an island nation. It's got scores and scores and scores of islands. Threatening Japan, threatening the Philippines, as I speak, threatening Taiwan, devouring Hong Kong. China is encroaching on India's territory once again. As the world is caught up fighting COVID and so forth, China is sliding and pressuring out its borders and using its neighbor's territory as bargaining chips. China is building an entire village inside Indian territory in a border state has once again laid bare the deceitful plans of China. While this is not unprecedented, what has taken observers by surprise, this means China has not stopped its aggressive stance against India since last year. What else? The controversial Confucius Institutes are returning to the U.S. schools under a new name. They've been banned in large part in this country, so they're calling them new things. And they're spreading like wildfire from one college and university to the next. What else? The woke takeover of the U.S. military. Are we prepared? The woke left views the military as a crucial ideological battlefield, our military. And much of the brass and civilian leadership of the Pentagon are prepared to fight on behalf of the woke cause. This is from the Heritage Foundation. The Defense Department is now reportedly considering hiring a private company to monitor the free speech of military personnel on social media using keywords or algorithms. 
that by their very nature reflect the perspective of those who select the words and write the algorithms. The relentless drive to enforce conformity within military with a preferred leftist narrative is troubling, especially as it reinforces this Marxist tendency. What else? NBC News. Every branch of the military is struggling to make its 2022 recruiting goals. What's happening is more and more young people don't want to go into the military. Some of them are out of weight. Some of them have been using drugs, so they don't meet the criteria. Many of them have had enough of this wokeism and the pronouns and the white supremacy and CRT. So they want nothing to do with it. Another, the Biden administration's response. It's worse than you know. DOJ shuts down China-focused anti-espionage program. It shut it down. That was started under Trump. Why? Because it might be confused as an attack on their ethnicity. Can you believe this? Soft on China think tanker to handle China portfolio for Biden. Jessica Lee of the Quincy Institute for Responsible Statecraft. It is a radical organization funded by Koch and Soros. In a May 2021 essay, co-authored with another former Quincy Institute scholar, Lee cautioned the U.S. government's warnings about Communist Chinese Party malign influence, stoked discourse that is alarmist in nature and could exasperate McCarthyist attacks against Asian Americans. Specifically, she warned that criticizing individuals and organizations linked to the Communist Party for those ties is unnecessary and harms U.S. national security. And finally, although it's not final, one of our guests is going to discuss this. Cobalt may become scarce for U.S. car companies. All this push for electric vehicles, all this push for batteries can't work without cobalt. The Congo, with its vast mineral resources, has become the equivalent of Saudi Arabia as the world turns to renewable energy sources. Despite the consumer demand and the allure of EVs, electric vehicles, and the environmental consciousness of the West, most of the sources for material used in EV batteries were found elsewhere. And matter of fact, the vast majority is found in the Congo. And guess who controls it? Guess who controls the cobalt in the Congo? We used to. The Communist Chinese.